Hi everyone, quick disclaimer. Um, later on in the podcast, we say how the public health emergency was declared in April, but it was actually declared in August. So uh, sorry about that, and I can't wait to see you at the podcast. Hi, my name is Harvey Long, and I'm a co-founder and co-president of Science Humanitarian, along with Amber and Allen here. Hi. Hello. So our mission is to provide a more hospital world uh, through STEM by educating children and funding research and charities to relieve poverty and diseases. We believe science is a universal appliance essential to a better tomorrow. We embrace diversity, accessibility, and inclusion through science. We are a student-led international community service organization based in New York. We you may be asking yourself, how do we start this organization with so many different initiatives and goals? Well, we started off as a school club and we realized that many people in the autism community are often forgotten about. And so we held weekly tennis events to provide people in the autism community with the opportunity to get outside, get fresh air, exercise, and engage with other members in their community. While we were holding these events, we realized the importance and the value behind community service. But while we were able to you know, really see the impact that we were able to make, what we truly want to do is that we want to end these horrible diseases once and for all. Unfortunately, STEM funding and, and STEM research has been lacking by, on behalf of the United States government for the past few decades. They have been cutting research funding. Although we are only teenagers, we wanted to do everything that we could in our power to contribute to the scientific discoveries that are crucial for ending these horrible diseases. So we came up with the idea of hosting a teacher talent show at our school and we organized it and we were able to get uh, the majority of our student body to actually show up to the show. And thanks to the dedication of our student body who were very excited to support this fundraiser, we were able to raise um, over $5,500, excuse me, uh, for the Alzheimer's Association. So we realized that this funding while it's great for the research, what ultimately needs to be, what we ultimately need to ensure is that the future researchers of tomorrow are able to have the resources, knowledge, and capabilities to make discoveries to solve um, how we can treat these horrible diseases. Unfortunately, STEM funding has been lacking, not only in the United States, but also on the global level for the past few decades. STEM education is a rigorous field and it's very difficult for underrepresented and underprivileged minorities to break into this field and overcome barriers such as socioeconomic ones if they do not have the support that they need to pursue such a challenging field. We started an international educational outreach initiative. Basically we provided um, free um, STEM enrichment classes um, to people um, and students in um, South America, Africa, and China, <clears throat> and so much more. And we're able to really, we hope that we're not, not only teaching the children, um, the, as giving them like a strong STEM foundation, but we hope that we are also teaching them to love and enjoy science as much as we do. So that's how we got into the education part, and that's how we got into the health and research part. That's how that part of this organization came into reality. Well, unfortunately, we had to do more because there were more unexpected events that happened. 
the Supreme Court unfortunately overturned Roe v. Wade, which ensured that Americans had a right to make a decision for themselves regarding abortion and their own privacy decisions. Unfortunately, the Supreme Court, whose views do not represent the majority of what most Americans want, according to multiple uh, sources, unfortunately, it seems like they're going to also try to overturn other rights, such as gay rights, affirmative action, and so much more. Although we are only teenagers, we feel that we have to empower ourselves by using our voice to let other people know that they too can also empower themselves with their voice. One of the things that we plan to do is to hold an abortion march in early September. At this march, we plan to let individuals in our community know that although it may seem like, oh, it's only a midterm election, my vote is one vote. It's not gonna have a big impact on anything. We wanna let them know that they can empower themselves if they just go out and vote for representatives who will support abortion and these basic rights so our Senate can overcome the filibuster and get the 60 votes that it needs to solidify abortion as a right into our federal law. Thank you, Harvey, for giving us such a strong background on who we are, our goals, and you know our ultimate mission to try to create a more diverse and accessible STEM world for everyone out there. And um, I just wanted to mention how uh, for this podcast, we are working in partnership with Cornell University through their podcast, State of Their Pod. Um, They're actually sponsoring us for this podcast series. So be sure to check them out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and iTunes. And we would really like to thank them for this sponsorship. Yes, thank you so much, Cornell. Today, we're also going to be talking about one of the most important issues today in the United States. The CDC declared monkeypox as a national public health emergency on April 4th, 2022. And one of our other speakers here tonight, um, Alan, he's going to give us a little more information about that. Yeah, so um, the monkeypox virus currently affects 26,000 people globally, and 6,600 people alone in the U.S. have been affected, according to CDC. And cases have been detected in 48 states, and it's primarily spread through personal contact and skin contact, along with materials that have been contaminated with the virus. Common symptoms include um, fatigue, blisters on your face, fever, along with um, headaches and more. These symptoms typically last around like two to four weeks. And if you have symptoms for monkeypox, but you think that you haven't been in contact with anyone that has had monkeypox, you should still contact your healthcare provider and ask for next steps. And they can very easily also give you a test to see if you have monkeypox because there are currently no shortages in testing supplies. And monkeypox is very similar to the smallpox virus genetically. So drugs and vaccines that have been used against the smallpox virus are also pretty effective against the monkeypox virus. But usually in most cases, the virus will just go away on its own after a few weeks. However, there have been some cases where people have also gotten an infection while also having monkeypox. And that was pretty deadly. And in those instances, it could lead to death. However, as a community, we must be careful and vigilant as 
the virus is spreading exponentially in the U.S. Today, the White House declared a state of emergency for monkeypox, meaning Americans should keep their guard up. And health insurance also has the ability to direct their funding to those that have been affected. Right now, the LGBTQ community in New York is especially impacted. All right. So right now, officials are warning gay men to limit their sexual partners. And if I'm being honest, I'm kind of reminded of the HIV AIDS epidemic in the 1980s, which also heavily impacted the gay male community. And the HIV AIDS epidemic played a pretty serious role in the reputation of the gay male community and in the stigma that the gay men unfortunately had to face. And, you know, there was just already so much heavy discrimination. And I think the epidemic just made it worse. And to be fair, today we have come really, really far in terms of the LGBT community. Um, I know I have a lot of friends who are just a lot more comfortable coming out to, you know, their parents, to teachers, to other friends. And I feel like it's become a lot more normalized. You know, pride marches are, you know, not not a place of hate as much as they were in the past. Um, People respect pronouns. My teachers, um, I know in the beginning, some of my teachers in the beginning of the year, they offered Google Forms where you could fill out, you know, your preferred name, your preferred pronoun. And honestly, that that was really touching to me. It shows that people nowadays, they actually care. Even applying to college, um, I was on the Common App and certain schools asked for, oh, like, is your preferred name something different than um, your official documented name? What pronouns do you go by? And I feel like we've come so far and it's made me so happy. And I just want to make sure we're not going backwards because I, I know how much of an, well, I, we've, we've seen how much of an impact the HIV and AIDS epidemic played in the gay community. Um, but in a way, I feel like um, through our actions of addressing monkeypox, we definitely aren't. We, we aren't going backwards because, well, the HIV and AIDS epidemic was so unaddressed, um, mainly because the people affected were gay men and drug users and racial minorities and immigrants. And um, the government just, they didn't take a lot of action because, well, these people to the government back in the day were not as important. And I guess they just kind of let it slip under the rug. And, you know, that's just really unfortunate because a lot of people died. And just because the government didn't really, you know, put any effort into it. We could have saved so many lives if we just um, put a little bit more initiative into this. And so today, by telling gay men to limit their partners, it really does show more than ever that we do care and that we have come such a long way and that we're finally, we are valuing the lives of gay men and our response to the monkeypox endemic when compared to the AIDS and HIV endemic clearly shows that. I feel like health and the media and, you know, everything else are, it, it's just so connected nowadays. We, we don't need people to tell us that they care when, when they show us that. And that's why we're starting this podcast to talk about the world, science, health, and its connection to the media. Thank you so much, Amber, for that really insightful and really incredible explanation that you gave to all of our audience members out there today. We really do thank the government for everything that they have done. We have come so far and we hope that the government will continue to prepare themselves for the potential of this 
um, monkeypox outbreak becoming a much bigger outbreak, we don't want to obviously go into a shutdown again. And we hope that the government will take the proper precautions to continue to prepare for this outbreak, such as funding um, vaccines, testing, and all that important stuff. As of today, obviously, there's a lot of uh, misinformation out there, unfortunately, about not only uh, monkeypox, but also just many topics in general that are controversial theories. Many Americans struggle to determine what is real and what is fake. At our next podcast, we plan to help our community better understand how to determine what is misinformation. Thank you very much again for your time, and we are extremely excited to see you again at our next podcast.